finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. We make thousands of decisions throughout the course of our day, and by the end of it, the last thing we want to do is make even more choices about what to have for dinner. Say goodbye to last-minute grocery store runs, meal planning, and recipe stress when you sign up for Home Chef. Home Chef makes your nightly routine easier and more exciting with a wide selection of delicious meals that arrive at your doorstep in the form of fresh, perfectly pre-proportioned ingredients and an easy-to-follow recipe card. With 20 unique and flavorful chef-curated meal options available each week, Home Chef ensures you and your taste buds will never get bored. Once you create your Home Chef account and set your meal preferences, you simply select your weekly menus and adjust your delivery dates. Skip weeks or pause whenever you need. Home Chef will recommend meals based on your selected preferences with plenty of menu options to fit any dietary needs. Looking to master the art of cooking? Check out their classic meal kit options complete with chef-written, step-by-step instructions. Don't have time in your busy schedule to cook? No problem. Have a hot, delicious meal on the table and a snack with quick solutions like their 15-minute recipes, microwave meals, and oven-ready options that save you time and effort in the kitchen. Plus, clean up is a breeze. Goodbye grocery shopping. For a limited time, go to homechef.com slash PC1 for $90 off your first month. That's a value of 10 free meals. Again, go to homechef.com slash PC1. That's PC and the number one for $90 off. Today in the Callahan Podcast, well, Tom Brady's coming back to Foxborough in week four. He's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and he's on schedule to break some big records that day. Will the governor allow more than uh, 25% capacity that day? Because it's the hottest ticket around here in a long, long time. The Biden administration says white supremacists are the biggest threat to the country right now. And uh, we got a question. Can you name three? Can you name three of them? I mean, how about two? It's all just made up stuff and uh, everyone knows it. Ohio was offering a million bucks if you get vaccinated or a scholarship to college if you're just a kid. Our old friend Ellen is calling it quits. We'll remind you why Ellen is absolutely evil. And uh, a couple of uh, in-house notes. Turtle Boy failed in his quest to get a new job. And uh, Colin, he's still trying. He's still giving it a shot. We'll give you the, all the details on that today on the Callahan Podcast, brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org. Slash refinance insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Colleen, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, it's good to see uh, Turtle Boy back with us. Unfortunately, he uh, did took it on the chin on uh, election day earlier this week. We were rooting for him, even though he was probably going to leave us. I mean, you can't continue to do this podcast if you become a full time school committee member. Didn't happen. Maybe next time. As I pointed out the other day, Turtle Boy, all lots of the big stars in media started, or uh, I didn't say started, at, early in their careers, uh, lost 
in political uh, elections. As you know, Dan Bongino could be the biggest star, multimedia star in the country right now, taking over for Rush Limbaugh, starting a new show on Fox. He lost uh, his election. I think he lost big. Jenny, Jesse Kelly, your hero, lost a couple times, got smoked. Um, would you say you got smoked? What was it? How, I would how say cool? I got smoked. It was like uh, about 700 to about 1,100. Yeah, so you got 700 votes? I got 717 votes. 717 votes. Yeah. You know what? Uh, at least you tried. As, as, as Randall P. McMurphy says, you tried. God damn it. At least you did that. Well, at least you know you can sell 700 people a Turtle Boy sweatshirt. I mean, they got to be Turtle Riders. If That's, they're yeah. right? That's, That's true. true. And, and sure, you know, they love you, but they're glad that you're back to full-time blogging because it was kind of on the heels of the, uh, if I say so myself, your best week ever last week. The best week ever for Turtle Boy because you broke the, I mean, you blew the Michaela Miller story wide open. You had the pictures of uh, of, of Marty Mean, that that liar, that hypocrite. I mean, you really were making news. And then in the middle of it all, you ran for a school committee in Holden and lost. But it was a learning experience. And uh, are you going to do it again? Is this the oh, start? I'm definitely, I'm definitely doing it again. I'm going to do it every year. I don't care. I'll be <laughs> <Are> you? <laughs> I mean, it's it's small town politics. I mean, what? Do, who cares? It's not like you have to raise a lot of money or anything. But right. I got. I tell you what. One thing I learned from this, Jerry, is that, the Democrats, that it's that attitude right there. You got to give it your hundred ten percent. Well, you no, I am no next time because I don't like losing, and that's the thing. And uh, the one thing I learned from this is that the Democratic Party they don't take days off. They don't like give up small seats. Every single selectman seat and school committee seat in every town in Massachusetts. They have an eye on that and they want it. They're unwilling to relinquish any sort of power. They had a 34 to six advantage in the state Senate. And they said, that's not enough. We, and they went and got three more and now it's 37 to three. And that's how you fight because where does the brainwashing start, Jerry? It and, starts and in the schools, right? They're, uh, so they're not true. giving up public yes. schools. <laughs> and and now we're seeing it more than ever, the indoctrination, and I'm sure that it'll be in, in Holden because you lost. They'll be doing the critical race theory and teaching kids to hate their country. That's what they do in public schools now. You know, If they go to school at all, they teach them to hate their country. It's it's too bad. I would have liked to have seen you uh, in, in politics, in, you know, because I know you would have ruffled feathers, but you're absolutely right. I mean, look what's happening with Bi the Biden administration, almost everything he does is unpopular with the public, with the voters, with the people. You know, I mean, nobody voted for this. And yet you look back and you say, well, he got 80 million votes. You know why that is? Because that that machine, as you point out, doesn't take a day off. They take nothing for granted. They have the worst candidate, you know, they've probably ever had. I mean, with the, all these comparisons to Jimmy Carter, He's Jimmy, Car Jimmy yeah. Carter for all his faults in 1976, was not senile. You know, he wasn't bumbling and stumbling around and, and lost uh, every time he did a press conference. I mean, this is Jimmy Carter without all his faculties is what we're looking at. Yeah. And 80 million people voted for it because the machine doesn't take anything for granted. And when you see what he's doing now or what you saw, what he did on day one with, you know, 75 executive orders, it wasn't popular. It wasn't yeah. what people wanted, but they don't care. They say, we just need to get in and then we will foist this radical agenda on the world. And I mean, there's a lot of every day there's indications of just how, oh, you know, just how fringe this agenda y yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, uh, Jennifer Granholm, energy secretary. It was pretty, uh, you know, this was uh, uh, pretty indicative of the thinking. 
she was talking about the gas shortage, you know, the, yeah. uh, you know, actually she said it wasn't a gas shortage. It was a supply crunch. Oh, right. And they're going, what? Same. So, um, what's the difference? She started saying how, if you had an electric car, and she did it with like a smile on her face. If you have an electric car, you got nothing to worry about. And I'm thinking, holy crap, they don't mind this. Forget, you know, I mean, I, they didn't cause this, um, I don't think, on purpose, but they're never going to let a crisis go to waste. They see what's happening here, people in waiting in gas lines and people panicking, and they're saying, you know what? If you if you dumb rubes just bought an electric car instead of one of those gas guzzlers, you'd be okay. And she said it with a smile, and it was just so revealing. Behind closed doors, things like this, this get this supply crunch, they don't mind it. You know, they don't mind. I'm not, you know, Joe well, Biden doesn't even know, no, but, you know, Kamala and, and Susan Rice and Barack Obama, when they see something like this, they say, well, our agenda is going to get, is getting a little uh, accelerated here. You know, we're, this is green New Deal stuff. Politically, do you think, how do you think this is going over with swing voters in Georgia? Well, it's terrible, but again, they don't care when it time comes the, the, the machine, when they will fire it up, they will get people who don't normally vote, don't normally care. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, hit the you know, check mark on their uh, mail-in ballot. They know how to get out the vote. They know how to how to uh, exploit the system. And and you know, if they get that that HR one passed, it's all over forever. You know, we all know that that whole the, the, to, to nationalize elections to outlaw voter ID. There's a million things they plan on doing. And if they do it, forget it. It's over. I mean, we we might as well just surrender join the resistance you know and 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 uh, uh pity our children and grandchildren because we don't you know the country will never be the same but we will see unfortunately <clears throat> the machine steamrolled our guy turtle boy but it's good to have him back and it's good to have him blogging because he is on a roll and his you know his full-time job he is on a roll let's we got to do an update on uh you look like shit compared to the last time you were on. Now you're dressed nice. You look good. You, you know, you're all dressed as opposed to like, now you're back to old Turtle Boy with these ridiculous headlines you write, like uh, Dumpster Fire Susan or whatever. Dumpster Fire Dave, you know. What, yeah. was your, uh, what was your promise, campaign promise? You should have promised a Turtle Boy hat to every voter. I don't think they would, I don't think that would go over as well as you think it would, Jerry. Is that illegal? I think I think, that, I think, that, I think that was the problem. People love free <laughs> shit, Turtle Boy. People love free shit. <laughs> it's it's too bad. If people knew you, they would love you. And uh, yeah, I'm a nice got, guy. I'm a sweetheart. I swear. We got we got another update. Let's not. Um, we can't expect Turtle Boy. You and I can't expect Dave's full attention today. He can't. We can't expect him to be completely concentrating on this show because. I don't want to say his dream job. His dream job was spitting right. chicklets. He applied for his dream job a couple months ago when spitting chicklets was looking for a uh, producer slash. Uh, that, is, that, is, you can, that is not and, confirmed. I did not apply for that job. Well, I, Go I, on. I, Go on. But, well, don't get defensive. I don't blame you. That was your dream job. I mean, that would be like the Red Sox calling me to play center field. I'm not going to turn them down. I mean, that would be like Turtle Boy getting a chance to uh, – I don't know. What would be your dream job, Turtle Boy? Working uh, with Andy No on the streets? Winning a I, don't have, I don't want a dream job. I want to be the job. That's oh, look at you. Look at this. A little motivational Thursday. I, I, don't even know, I don't even know what that means. You it means you don't have an employer. If you have a job, that means you work for somebody, right? Yeah, but what I'm if you work for someone you like, someone good? What if you work for... Uh, I'll never, I'll never be happy like that. Well, you never be happy. Period. You were That's on true. one. You know, you've been doing some great work, and you're still wrapping electric cords around your neck, trying to end it all. I don't think <laughs> heavy. I don't think, heavy. 
Yeah, but you look much, you look much better. You sound Thank much you. better. You Thank feeling you. better? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Did your wife take all the laces, belts, everything? Out? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Nothing's gonna happen. I promise. Every, I, every, see, I ask him just the, for the audience though. I ask him these questions privately. I just want people to know privately. I'm a good guy. Jerry likes to do it on the show, so he looks like a good guy publicly. I do it privately. So yes, I correct yeah, the classy. I, I don't think it actually makes me look like a good guy to ask him if he's trapped wrapped the cord around his neck lately. But I'm, I've been two calls from people that were like they wanted the update. They wanted to hear Jerry's reaction to the UMass story, and then asked, "Did Turtle Boy really do that?" And that was what the conversation was. It was an amazing piece if you haven't read it it was great journalism i pointed out you broke news you told me a lot i mean it was just really good and in the middle he mentions that he recently wrapped the cord around his neck and tried to end it all i i, I don't know if it's me but i've been around i've been with you know radio partners colleagues occasional friends who have done such things such uh, uh you know dr drastic actions drastic acts in the uh, amid their low point so it's nothing new i've seen this before and i'm i i was surprised but i'm glad you pulled through you look and sound much better you're feeling better you're feeling well good? yeah i mean this was from my had my little episode a few months ago and i took some time off it was all related to that so yeah, I mean, shit happens, and uh, I mean, doesn't you know, the work doesn't the work speak for itself? You had a good week last week, even though Jerry will tell you you had a good week no matter what. But you had a good week last week, so better, well, better yeah. than usual. Yeah, if you if you immerse yourself in your work, I think that's the easiest way to help your health. I think in general, if you're happy, why don't you with immerse you? yourself in your family, your children? Why don't I you do, I do, I immerse them too. I mean, I'm get, I'm doesn't leader. that make you feel better? I do every 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 morning. I get her off the bus and get her on. Jerry, it's the nicest moment of my day. It's lovely. And you still sometimes, you know, want to hurt yourself. It's. But it, I mean, we're human. This is too mean? heavy. What, what people are human. Just because people are happy, they can't have like issues behind the scenes. No, they absolutely can. But you got a lot to live for. You would agree with that, right? I do. I do absolutely. Which is why and you guys looked. You guys looked at me like I was an asshole. I think you know the part of the story that you brought up. You bringing that into the story, though, when I read it, was kind of shocking. Was the fact of now we have this other girl who you just told us is getting bullied at school. Like somebody should be looking out for that girl on the same. Totally, side. totally. And you guys just looked at me before the show. I know. Oh, you, here's, here's here's what you're gonna do, Turtle Boy. I know it. You're gonna do a follow up because you understand. You feel for that child. Uh, the people like Monica Cannon Grant, Ayanna Presley, these horrible people don't care about that girl. They tried to use her. They did use her. They, and I think in their minds, they used her up. No one bought their lie about uh, about Michaela Miller getting murdered, getting lynched. Everyone, you know, they tried. They tried to see if it would fly. It didn't didn't work. Didn't catch they, moved, they moved on. That girl was expendable, disposable to them. Uh, she's a child. They blamed her for the death of her friend. They tried their best to to scare up a crowd, a mob, to uh, to, to to join them in, in in blaming her and the other kids. Didn't work. They moved on. You and on the other hand, you will follow it up. You will keep us posted, and I think people appreciate that. Next Friday, Monica's hosting a protest outside Marion Ryan's office. She's the new enemy. So they're pro they're demanding she resigns, and they're holding a protest. I don't. She says the Black Panthers are coming. I guess they're still a thing. Oh, uh, so I don't know who how many people are going to show up, but I will be there. Uh, for sure. Is it in? So is it in Boston? Uh, in Lowell, in Lowell, I guess her office is in Lowell. Oh, great! So they'll all be going to Lowell. Great. That he's. It's like with Sharpton, or any other, you know, professional race baiter. Nothing good ever comes from an appearance by Monica Cannon. No, no, nothing no. good. You bring you bring the Black Panthers. Nothing good can come from that. And She's, now we know 
here's here's how we know to get her way to get the crowd there to get them on her side she will lie she will do anything she will use a child she mm. will lie about the cops she'll lie about anything you have to understand that and if you read turtle boy you do but expect more of that next week fortunately she's moved on from these children in hopkinton that she labeled murderers and the kids being you know bullied some of them are being bullied in school and at home but monica cannon grant doesn't give a damn these kids ah. you know they're just they're just uh, collateral damage and uh you, if you really want to know what's going on you got to read and follow tb daily news but uh let's get an update on cullinane because my uh, old partner and uh, sometimes friend is tweeting is tweeted yesterday that he needs a new producer is yeah. steve really gone his producer uh steve robinson is quitting or quit already did he quit already and uh, and is driving around the country in a van he's, he's gonna go all francis mcdormand and uh and uh, go all nomad land and uh, you know and and he and his wife are going to drive around and, and spend their life at various rest areas taking a dump in a box and you know finding themselves <clears throat> I'm, I'm, he's made some good bitcoin money hopefully it's a, a pimped out rv you know with a tv and all that good stuff well a tv well, man, well you know, know francis mcdormand didn't have a tv you're right <laughs> sure you're right yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, to make ends meet, he'll do what she did. He'll clean the bathroom at the rest area, make a couple bucks. Good luck to him. Uh, I guess uh, uh, you know. I guess he just couldn't handle that that life anymore. It happens. Happens to a lot of people. You know, he had a good run. He'll be able to come back and do it uh, again once he you know gets this out of his system. But I don't know how long he's gonna you know roam the country. But good luck to him. It sounds like a, it'll be a, an adventure. This is, this is really happening. He should keep a journal. So so uh, they're looking for a new. Barstool is looking yeah. for a new producer. Substack. That is Cullinane's dream to work for Barstool to, you know, all these people that no one knows who they are that they, that he talks about. So uh, Rico or K Marco will no, they'll, all be, they'll all be his buddies, you know, rear Admiral will be his colleague. I always said, I, I like, I would listen to the Steve Robinson podcast. I would listen to that. And I always said this, I'm like, Steve is a talented guy. He's really sharp politically. When you hear him talk, I'm like, I would listen to that. I don't know. I, I like Kirk. I like his show. It's just, I don't know. Like, I think Steve would be better suited for politics. That's just my opinion. Of course. I mean, I told him that from Maybe the beginning, which was for. a big point of contention with me and him. But uh, I think he would have been, he would have worked well in that, in that world, that, that right wing uh, podcast world, that Ben Shapiro world, the Dan Bongino world. I mean, these people are go. you know, they're, they are really thriving out there now. I mean, look at Bonjean. Look at look at Shapiro. I mean, he, he he turns on the mic and 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 talks for forty five minutes in that weird voice. Yeah. No real production. He just talks about whatever the 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 violence in the Middle East, and it's okay. He gets you know a million downloads a day. He's sometimes the top podcast in the world. And it's just this guy with this weird voice and this weird tempo who comes on and talks about the issue of the day. There's a real market for that. And I think uh, Robinson would have thrived in that. But, he, he you know, he, he went uh, with uh, Barstool and it worked out well. He had a good run, but I guess he wants to do something else. So now I see the update right now. Colin Ain is talking 
to those guys and uh, uh, kicking the tires. I know I know how much it pays. So. I, re- I received a phone call. I couldn't answer the phone call. I don't know if you want to call it a flex. Maybe it's a flex. Maybe I ignored Kirk Minahan's call. I don't know. But I texted him back and said, I apologize. I was with my kids and all that stuff. So I guess you could say communication has been. Has wow. Been, yeah. You texted him back. He never does that with me. Texted him back. You must be interested. Changes. The only, the only, qu- the only reason in your defense is if you didn't go after that spit and chicklets job, I don't think you're going after anything. That was a dream for no, you. No, I told you. Time. You get to spend time almost every day with Ryan Whitney. That is Cullinane's he is, dream. He is, my number, he is my number one. And by the way, thank you for the free pink Whitney nips that you sent along to the office. That would be like me yeah. hanging with Ann Coulter. You know, that mean it would be like, it'd, it'd be weak in the knees every day. Like with oh, my God. I, it, you know, in you know, Rear Admiral walks in the room. Cullinane would get weak and his heart would go a flutter. And he would say, can I get you anything, Rear? You want a coffee? Rear, you, you know, do you need a pen? Is you, you want a pillow? I mean, all right, guy. Yeah, big all right. That would be that is your dream. Just admit it. I don't know if this is your dream or not, but I know you're interested. So, sure. At what's at what point? At what stage is the uh, negotiations? With uh, the, oh uh, my god, it's not even at a stage. It's uh, just you know, just two friends catching up. But just uh, he called me, I texted him back. He said that you're competing with Jim Murray, Big Jim Murray from ninety-eight five, the Sports Hub. Yeah, I just saw that tweet. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Ooh, I don't know. Competition. I, don't, I, don't, I like Jim Murray. Choice. I don't like Pilger and Maz the show, but I like Jim Murray. So Jim Murray's a turtle. Like- he, he wears Turtle Boy shorts shirts on that show. I like him too. And, uh, you know, my old friend called me yesterday and, uh, you know, asked me my, uh, uh, you know, advice or my thoughts. And I yeah. said, you know, Jim Murray is, he's, he's good. He's good. And he, I think he, you know, he, he's forced to do just this boring sports talk every day, talk about the Bruins and the, you know, the NBA and you know, he doesn't, not, it's not what he wants to do. I think he's more well-rounded than that and would love to, uh, you know, get into other things. So I think, and he's got a good voice. So I think he'd be a, a good choice, a whole different choice. Cullinane's a, a button pusher, a good button pusher, Ooh. and he's a good foil. And you would get abused, as you oh, know, well, on a daily burned. basis. Yeah. yeah, you would just get abused. But I think you're just simple-minded enough not to let it get to you. you no, know? yeah, nothing gets to me. You know me. I mean, all the fights that we get into. I mean, I get the best of you every time that happens. You would, it would, it would roll. I don't see him uh, chewing you up and spitting you out. I think you could handle it better than most i don't think you would you think we'll become best bad best buds i'll be why, the you, Jerry why, don't, man. why don't you come produce the turtle boy podcast don't you think i mean there's a oh, i don't work with losers come on I don't <laughs> oh, be real i work with winners you know that have you seen my subs how are your subs, <laughs> yeah. your subs? Yeah, i know we're just growing subscribers, it subscribers subscribers yeah oh i told um, by the way a nice guy again i told you anytime you need help you can always reach out to me i've told you that See, the thing with the Turtle Boy show is that, you know, it's just me in my basement producing it. I'm getting a lot of views, getting a lot of subs. I don't know. It feels like if I invested in this, if I had, like, you know, an actual producer or a, a guy who could get the content out there, I feel like this would appeal to a lot of people. So why don't you apply for this job to this Yo, job? To I don't know how to be a producer. I'm just the content guy. I'm the content guy. You Jerry. figure stuff out. I've seen you. You just figure stuff out. I've seen you with tech. And when we have technical issues and you just get to the bottom yeah, quickly. Yeah, that's coming out of that mind. You're a dummy. You're, you're, a dummy. Think, you're, you're undermining what Dave does for work and you're kind of simplifying yeah, yeah. it. So it's yeah. not that, it's no, not that not, He's yeah. good. He's good button pusher. He's technically, yeah. as I would say, for a moron, he's amazing technically. I don't know how that works. Thanks. Is that part of his brain that works? Yeah. You know, that technical part of his brain. 
And I'm not sure if that's the most important part of this job, but I know Let's just see if the right intro gets in today's show and then you can kiss my ass. All that's right? true. That's yeah. true. That's that's right. I don't know if you noticed the other day, Trill, but we had the same intro two days in a row because Dave was, uh, he wasn't focused. You know, he was worried about the oh, intro. Sure. But yeah, sure. I think there was, it was Monday. It was a big wrestling show that night. So he was distracted. But I don't listen to the intro. I just do, I do four straight of the 30 second things and then you start talking. I'll apologize. I should yeah, cut dummy. that out. Cut that out. Cut that All right, out. Well, Colin is here today. I'm not sure much how, how much longer he will be here. Uh, but, you know, if uh, uh, to be honest, you know, my old friend gave me a call and like uh, asked, not asked for my blessing, but just said he would, uh, you know, he, he, he wanted me to know that Colin, that he would talk to Colin. And I said, go for it. I know how much that pays. I know how much Colin dreams of being part of the Barstool family. I mean, I don't that, know what you're that, with, in my positive. Can't you vibe, just admit that? Can't I don't you know what you're talking about. I'm literally wearing the merch, Jerry. I'm wearing the merch. So well, I mean, you can't admit that you would love to be on that email chain and be part. And you know, you could be involved in Barstool stuff. You could go to. Like, I love Barstool. I've always defended Ready, Ready, and Ready, Ready and Rowdy. Yes, you could I go to those that. shows and get blood on you. That's yeah. your dream. Yes. And they do wrestling. You know, they do really. Stu they do lots of hockey. You'd get to hang with the spit and chicklets guys. It sounds like I a mean, dream. It sounds it like is. a dream. Yeah. I mean, hey, oh, are you God. pushing me? Are you endorsing this, or are you pushing no, me out? No. Or what's the angle? I'm no, I'm just asking you to admit that that uh, that you're, uh, you know. Sure, I love the. I, I enjoy the culture. I enjoy being beaten up. I like chaos. It makes me laugh. And my yeah, that's what that's what it is. You so. like the chaos. Well, yeah. you get plenty of that. But you know, can you keep us updated? You know, uh, me and Turtle Boy and our audience, because yes. we like to know. I'll keep you updated. All right, couple things to get to. I don't know if you guys are. Uh, Clearing your schedule for October 3rd, but the big, big, big news yesterday was that Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski are coming to New England on October 3rd. And I don't know if this is real or if this is just, you know, part of the, you know, initial reaction, but they're saying you can get like 6,000, 8,000 a ticket. Season ticket holders are going to sell their tickets for a fortune just to be there that day. And I always have the same reaction when that, that happens is, don't they know it's on TV? I mean, it's on TV, right? Tom Brady at New England. Brady is right now a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Bill Belichick. If he continues to put up the same yards that he put up last year, that's the day he will break the all-time passing yardage record uh, in week four at New England, which, you know, is Brady. It's Brady, so you know it'll happen. You know there'll be things happening that day, and it will be phenomenal. And and most people will be rooting for the Patriots, correct? They will be rooting for the Patriots, but well, they yeah. will, you know, they will give Brady a ma you know massive ovation coming and going. They will appreciate him. There'll be no booze, and there'll be no, uh, you know, the, 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 nobody. Is it going to be sold out? Is it going to be sold out? Sold out. Good question. You mean legally? I don't know. Charlie Baker's allowing twenty five percent capacity. Uh, you gonna, well, now that with the New York Times article came out showing that there's no spread outdoors, why not have 100%? So we did this reading. We read this yesterday, like I always do. First thing in the morning, I read my New York Times. I read the New York Times. It was amazing. A lot of shows did it. A lot of cable news shows, podcasts did this yesterday because it was so stunning. I feel like we should do it again, at least for a moment. The... New York Times yesterday, if you haven't read it, you don't have to. Just take my word for it. 
said the CDC has essentially been lying all along about outdoor transmission. And I said I was going to go out in public yesterday after the podcast and, and start yelling at people who are wearing masks outdoors. I haven't done that yet. Not yet. Maybe this weekend. I'll have a couple oh, of years. I pay to see that. I mean, you you already do it, Turtle. You're already, you know, one of these, you know. I don't go up to strangers. Why are you wearing a mask? <laughs> Take that goddamn thing off. It's a the problem is I want to do it to children with their parents. Oh, no, I want to yell better. to parents. I want to yell better. to parents. Yeah. Why are you doing this to your child? But all I'm going to say is, how does everyone not know this now? It was in the New York Times. I realize most people don't read it, but I've talked about it, and so did everybody else. The New York Times admitted that the CDC uh, pitched, picked a benchmark, 10%, so that nobody could reasonably dispute it. And they compared it, say, they, 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 they write, saying that less than 10% of COVID transmission occurs outdoors is akin to saying sharks attack fewer than 20,000 swimmers a year. Great analogy. Now, Great analogy. You get that number, right? You say, wow, it's a lot of swimmers. I better be careful. Then you find out it's really only 150 people in the whole world. Yeah. It's really insignificant. It's essentially zero. Well, the same thing is true of outdoor transmissions because you get down in the story a little further and you find out, as we talked about yesterday, there are literally zero cases of COVID which uh, were um, from outdoor transmission. Zero in the world. Zero. There have been 160 million people stricken with COVID. 3.3 million have died. Nobody got it outside. The idea that you had to mask up to go outside was always a lie. It was always a matter of control. And yet everybody where we live, Turtle Boy, not down south and, you know, not, you know, Texas, but everywhere, uh, where, but where we live, everybody is still wearing masks. And I don't want to yell at them. I don't want to. I just want to say, why? Why are you doing that? Don't you know that they've been lying? Don't you know that you're not going to get sick by uh, you know outdoor transmission? It doesn't happen. It literally. Why does it does not happen? Not, you know, I'm not a mask guy, but who cares if other people are doing it? It just looks. You look weak. You look weak. You yeah, look docile. You look submissive when you wear a mask outdoors, but. To me, it's are not. Are you going to start criticizing just, their clothing next? Like, why are you wearing that stupid outfit? You look ridiculous. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to wear clothes, but yes. yeah. But like, it, people wear dumb outfits sometimes. You're going to start going up to them and be like, "That's a no. stupid outfit." No, but what if I went up to them and said, "Why are you wearing that?" That would be weird too. Why? You went, why are you wearing that shirt? Why are you wearing that mask? I want an answer because they would say, "Oh, can ever be too careful." Careful of what? Of what? I don't you think don't, that's the answer they give you, Jerry. Yeah, I but you, but you know that the mask is a symbol of a bit more, right? The right. mask is a symbol of somebody getting the better of you in some situation. You know, so it's not just about style. Terrible. Okay, so what if a guy was wearing a dress? That's more than just a okay, style. Well, that, dress that's a and the clothes. They did a study that said 95 out of 10,000 uh, transmissions were um, outdoors. 95, not, not a lot. All 95 were from construction sites in Singapore. All 95 went indoors to do to have lunch or have their break and <laughs> and spread COVID. They didn't get it outside. It was a lie. And to me, it brings you know the the credibility of the people telling us that this into question. As I pointed out yesterday, Susan Collins of all people was scolding uh, Rachel Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, saying 
I don't trust you anymore. Susan Collins. That's how bad it's gotten. This squish from Maine is literally berating the head of the uh, CDC saying, we don't believe you anymore. And that's a good thing. We shouldn't believe them. I mean, forget what people are wearing. They were told to wear masks outdoors. They did it without questioning why. That should scare. It scares me to think that my fellow citizens are that compliant. So they will do things, as I point out, and, and you would agree, around here, around Boston, around New England. If the governor or you know the president or, or the head of the CDC said, take your underwear off and put it on your head, wear it on your head, it prevents COVID. They would do it. Oh, they, would, easily. they would do it. You and I would be the only two people walking around without they underwear would, They would demand you do it, too. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, a, it would be more than just Are that. you trying to kill me? Put your underwear on your head. And, and, exactly. But it just... It, it, there is a sense before this happened, you know, 14 months ago, that the people at the CDC, much, you know, like Fauci or the NIH, are really smart, right? And they really are looking out for our best interest, and they're, you know, they're 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 really good at their jobs. 14 months later, I think we can all agree they're not. They're we not. All agree. No. Fauci is a fraud. Walensky's a liar. I mean, this is a woman, a total political creature. But <clears throat> I don't know if you heard her two days ago, but she was talking about. They were, again, grilling her, why, why, why outdoor masks or why children? I don't know if you're sending your kids to summer camp, but the rules for summer camp. CDC last week came up with the rules for summer camp. The first three were masks on children outdoors. Two, you can't share things like toys or, you know, games because, you know, COVID might end up on your little, you know, on your, you know, big oh, wheel. Right, right. So and and the other one was social distance. All three have been debunked, essentially been debunked. We now know outdoor masks are unnecessary. We know COVID doesn't get transferred on from surfaces. And we know the six-foot distance was totally arbitrary, just made it up and doesn't really protect you. Uh, if you're outside, you don't need protection. So they came up with three rules for kids at camp. All three make no sense. And, and parents are going to follow those rules. I guess you have to, but you're going to put a mask on your kid. It's 90 degrees. Your kids, you know, at camp playing whatever they play, playing uh, you know volleyball or you know arts and crafts. Arts and these and poor children, these six, eight, ten year olds, are going to be masked up, just sucking for air, sweating, you know, with this sweaty, gross, disgusting mask for no reason, for no reason, just for the you know, ascent, just for the image the perception that they are really worried about us and taking care of us. Or on the flip side, they're not going to go to summer camp because That's they don't true, want them right? to experience that or their parents don't want them to experience that. So they're going to be holed up in their basement, you know, playing video games on Twitch. Or Which whatever. is where you get the virus. Not that yeah. kids get it. They don't. But, you know, again, think of the insanity of a year ago, Turtle Boy, and you and I talked about every day, the insanity of shutting everything down outside, forcing people inside. Outside, you don't get it. Inside, you get it. Don't 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 go outside and work out. Don't go outside, play basketball, tennis, go to the playground, go inside and eat. That was the rule that our, you know, the people in charge uh, uh, insisted on. But do we have the sound from Walensky saying her 16 year old uh, really wants to go to camp, but she's not going to send him to camp because it's too dangerous. This is the head of the CDC. With regard to camp, 
I have a 16-year-old. Every day, every year, he comes home from camp, and he writes the number of days until he returns to camp the next year. This year, it got to zero, and I told him he wasn't going. I want our kids back in camp. We now have 38,000 new infections on average per day. Last May 11th, it was 24,000, and we sent a lot of kids home, and camps were closed. The camp guidance is intended to get our kids to camp and allow them to stay there. Okay, she is such a friggin' liar. She is such a liar. The number of cases this year is different than last year. Last year, those cases included old people, included elderly people who were going to die from the virus. So it was alarming. It was scary. Forget the number. The people infected is what matters. This year, the people infected are different. The old folks have been vaccinated or they've died or they've had the virus and recovered. The people, the cases are kids, not kids, but, you know, 25, 30-year-olds who are barely infect, affected. It's a whole different thing. And let me ask you this, Colony. A 16-year-old boy comes home from summer camp and writes the number of days where he gets to go back. <laughs> Is this kid, you know, okay? I mean, yeah. A 16-year-old boy. He's supposed to be out, you know, bird dog and chicks and, and you know, out, you know, playing. Well, summer camp is, I mean, summer camp is an opportunity with the ladies. Or, or, you or write the number friends. down. That's like something a five-year-old, an eight-year-old does, a 16-year-old. Well, you know, if you're, especially if you're going to a summer camp outside of your town and things like that, you get to meet new people. You're a different person. You get to be the cool kid. At camp. Right, right, ladies right. don't know, guys, whatever your preference is, they don't know who you are. Well, let me, oh, it could let, be a good thing. Um, let me ask you this. She just said he told she told him he can't go. Is yes. that what she said? Yes. He can't go. Follow-up question, Miss Walensky. I'm sorry, Dr. Walensky. My follow-up question. Why can't he go? Why can't why your can't son- he don't follow the rules that you're setting the precedent? Right. And we know it's much safer than last year. I guess, you know, last year they canceled it in most cases, but you're the doctor. You're the expert. Why can't your son, who's 16, uh, go to camp you know there's no danger of getting the virus you know all this is just for show the masks and the in the distancing and everything else why he he lives for camp he loves camp and you're let not letting him go you're worse than dave colonane you're a total you know uh neurotic if you won't let your child go to camp you're supposed to be the doctor you're supposed to be the grown-up here just and you're you're basically co-signing that other people do what you're suggesting your kid do or you're not allowing your kid to do. You're saying don't let your kid go to camp by doing that, right? right. Uh, you're right. You're saying, I mean, don't yeah, I'm, I'm giving you these rules to abide by, but I'm not even going to allow my family to abide by them. And you're I'm saying, you know, camp's too dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Last year, we didn't know or some people didn't um, didn't know the danger, didn't know exactly how many how, who was vulnerable, exactly how it affected children. This year, we know. This year, we know there's no reason kids shouldn't go to camp without masks, without distancing, you know, sharing toys, whatever. Kids should go to camp if they want to go to camp, if the parents want to send them. You have this liar who's running the CDC who's totally, uh, you know, steering people the wrong way and scaring them uh, to, to keeping their kids home for no reason. It's just, and this happens every day, every day we get more misinformation and more lies from people like Blinsky, who, uh, I think it was about a month ago who said, you know, she felt good a few days ago, but now she has an impending sense of doom yeah. and she got teared up. What happened to the doom? Uh, Rochelle, Rochelle, whatever. What happened to the doom? Doom. 
that was just made up political trying to get help her side past this, you know, trillion, eight, six, eight, ten trillion dollar, you know, pork barrel project. She wanted people to feel fearful. She wanted to get, spread the fear, keep it going. So she said, I, I have a feeling of impending doom. It's like, you're a doctor. You're a bureaucrat. You're not supposed to be telling us that you feel doomed. Just give us the numbers and the, and the facts, you freak. But anyway, I feel bad for a kid. You know, he wrote that number down. 347 days left to camp. And if that's your and only mom. Is that your only shot? I mean, I'd be just as excited <laughs> too. I mean, <laughs> and, and mom said, no, it's too dangerous, too dangerous. Jesus. Did you know that Shake Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining all systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've seen them. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes designs and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. What's better than courtside seats? Free sports on Pluto TV. Hey, sports fans, get all your sports free on Pluto TV. Pluto TV is your home for sports. Watch 24-7 channels of MLB, MLS, MMA, sports news and analysis, plus documentaries, TV shows, and movies, all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. You know what? Obviously, I'm not a fan of the current regime. I don't think too many people are. I think there's a lot of people, uh, you know, regretting. In fact, I have regrets. You know what my regret is? I was in the airport in D.C. It was in Ronald Reagan Airport on uh, on Sunday. And I went by the gift shop and they had a shirt. They had a bunch of, you know, Kamala Harris shirts. They have a shirt that says, I'm talking. And it's got, you know, Kamala with that face. I'm not sure who would buy that. But anyway, they had Biden shirts, Kamala shirts. And then they had this one shirt with Trump. And it said, miss me yet. <laughs> And I didn't buy it, and I thought about it, but you know why I didn't buy it? Because I, I have a shirt from 2008 that has Bush on it that says, do you miss me yet? And I don't wear that because I don't miss them. I don't miss, you know, pointless foreign wars. I don't miss our involvement in Iraq. Although, now that we have another uh, fan of pointless foreign wars in the White House. Maybe we'll be back there, but I should have bought the Trump shirt just because it would annoy so many people. Maybe next time. I'll be back. I'll get it next time. You do but, know the internet exists, right? You do know there are options. To I know. I know. But you know what? Think something like that. You just buy on an impulse yeah. or you yeah. don't buy it at all. You don't plan that. You don't get on you don't get on Amazon and plan that. You just see it and grab it and buy it. And, and how can you miss him when he's got that social media network just blowing up? It's just that's it's true. It's taking over the world. I don't. I don't think it is uh, working out quite the way Donald J. Trump. No, but I've been thinking about that a lot. I've only seen a couple people share it, and it basically shares it as if it's a blog post, which is stupid. Oh, really? I wonder if you could do it where you share it and it immediately generates like a picture, a picture quote of what he's tweeting. I wonder if Twitter would take that down. 
I wonder. I'm, a, I'm afraid to click on it because then Twitter will ban me for life, and you know, Facebook will ban me. And I'm like, I can't. You know, don't don't want to click on his blog. No, but they you, don't mind. They don't mind sharing of articles, right? It seems like articles aren't a problem, so that's why it's almost right. shared as a blog post. So if you actually type the words yourself, they'll ban you. Like, I mean, what? Well, they're, they're, good question. They're suspending some accounts that. I don't know. They don't share it. They write it. What he wrote. I don't know, but yeah. whatever. I mean, I, it's obviously out there, but he's not getting nearly the clicks he'd hope for. It's this bothers the media because obviously they think Liz Cheney is the biggest story in the country. Anything to keep the, you know, the whole thing about January 6th, the insurrection, anything to keep that going. The media is all in and the Lynn Cheney, Liz Cheney story kept it going. It was, she hates Trump. All she does is talk about Trump. She's the one fixated on trump other people are moving on here and and you know kind of focusing on biden and, and the disaster that is the current administration and Liz, Liz cheney wants to focus on the last guy and focus on something that happened four months ago rather than things that are happening today she's all alone in that i mean she and the and obviously the media and the democrats they're on the same side they want to keep it going and it's gotten kind of silly the globe not that not that anyone takes the globe seriously, but the, and and we'll get to our globe story. But the globe had a tweet, and I assume I had a story. I didn't. Uh, I can't click on it. But they had a story saying that Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney's now setting her sights on the White House, running for president, which made me laugh out loud. Uh, the the uh, Liz Cheney literally could not get one uh, percent. She couldn't get one percent to the vote. She she will lose her seat. In in Wyoming in a year and a half, and everyone was looking forward to that. But here's the uh, here's the globe. They have an analysis. She says it says Republicans just tried to cancel Liz Cheney. They didn't cancel her. They just removed her from leadership because she's out of step with all the Republicans. I mean, that's all. She's still a Congressperson, still getting paid. She didn't get canceled. And the Globe writes, they may have launched her presidential bid instead. God, they live in an alternate alternate universe. <laughs> Liz Cheney has a must about as much chance of, of getting elected uh, you know, president of the United States as I don't know, Mitt Romney. In other words, zero. She could never, she couldn't win her home state, little Wyoming. She couldn't win a single delegate. It's a joke, and the Globe doesn't care because, you know, it's a narrative, and they're going to run with it, and they're going to, you know, talk to their their people and convince them that this is a reality. Speaking of which, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I often wonder, like, m my question now with many in the in, in D.C. is, who do you think's buying this? Like, who do you think's buying this when Walensky says – 10%, which is a lie. When Linsky says, you know, it's dangerous to send kids to camp, we know that's a lie. When the Globe says that Liz Cheney might run for president, we know that's nonsense, just complete, utter, laughable nonsense. But the administration also wants you to think that these scary, you know, they, they don't have Trump to kick around. They won't even have Trump tweets to, to, to go after. I guess they focus on Tucker Carlson when they can, but again, he's just a, he's a TV host. They've turned their attention to scary white supremacists, and they don't want to let it go. They want you to believe January 6th was white supremacist, white nationalist, 
insurrection. It was neither. It was neither about race, nor was it an insurrection. I mean, they want you to believe it was armed and there were no arms. They want you to believe these people killed people and they killed nobody except themselves in a couple of cases. But anyway, the freaking um, uh, administration, Biden and company, are going to hang on to this white supremacy thing forever, I guess, thinking eventually some white supremacist will come out of his hole and commit a crime, and they could say, see, they're just waiting to attack. What? And, and, and Merrick Garland said this yesterday, I believe, yesterday, said the biggest threat we face is white supremacy. And he didn't, I don't think, took questions, and obviously the media wouldn't, they agree with him, but... How often does that, how long does that, 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 that fiction, that, that myth, how long does it work before people are going to ask, what are you talking about? I mean, I can't even think of a white supremacist movement that really had a big impact since, I don't know, is Timothy McVeigh considered a white supremacist? I know he was anti-government uh, white guy who come, you know, committed one of the worst terrorist acts in our history of our country. That was a long time ago. They said today, right now, we got, you know, gas shortages. We got inflation. We have still have a pandemic. We have war in the Middle East. We have lots of stuff going on, lots of scary stuff. I don't think anybody is staying up late saying those damn white supremacists. What are, they, never, what are they talking even, about? Even after this, and as much as they try to push it on you, basically just to get the Twitter reaction from it, right? Or so CNN and or whoever can talk about it. I've never, I don't think in general, in the general public, I've ever once heard somebody utter white supremacy. And I, I mean, I'm honestly not lying when I say, I don't even know what they're talking about. What Does that mean like the Klan? Well, there is no Klan to speak of. Does that mean uh, you know, Richard Spencer? I mean, can you name one? Could Merrick Garland, if they took questions, someone said, who are you talking about? Well, he would just well, show, he would just show a picture of the Capitol that day. They would just put that. Yeah, that's that had nothing to do with race. I mean, they made it up. I realize, but when when did anyone say or do anything that showed a racial motive? Uh, I mean, uh, where where did that? I mean, I, I I guess we'll let them run with this fiction, and you know, it doesn't really matter. But the the uh, attorney general said the biggest threat facing a country which has lots of issues, an open border, you know, criminals coming over the southern border, uh, the cartels controlling the border. There's lots of issues. White supremacy is not in the top 10. I mean, it's a, it's a bigger issue than capital, than, than, than climate change, I'll give you that, but it's not. I, I would love to know what they're talking about. Like, is there a group that's threatening to, to you know, blow up buildings? Is there a group that's threatening to... to, to to kill people? Who, who Who is this boogeyman that they're referring to when they say white supremacy is the biggest threat to our country? Unfortunately, the horror of domestic violent extremism is still with us. Indeed, the FBI assessed that 2019 was the deadliest year for violent domestic extremism since 1995. In March of this year, the intelligence community in a report drafted by DHS, the FBI, and the National Counterterrorism Center under the auspices of the Director of National Intelligence assessed that domestic violent extremists pose a elevated threat in 2021. And in the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat we face comes from 
racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocate for the superiority of the white race. Okay, that's just made up. That is just made up by for political reasons. There's no, I mean, we're not seeing it. I, I follow the news pretty closely. Have you seen a lot of white supremacists, you know, I don't know, beating up elderly Asian people on the sidewalks? I mean, what what the hell is he talking about? Uh, a lot of white supremacists shooting people in Times Square? I don't think so. It's just amazing. They said this is the agenda or the narrative we want to push. Let's go for it. Let's pretend that there's this army of white supremacists lurking in the hills and they're coming for us. They're coming for your kids. And people are watching saying, what the hell are you talking about? There are people coming over the border. I'm sure there are you know, gangbangers and drug runners coming over the border. They don't look like white supremacists. Asian people are getting beaten up in the streets. The people doing the, the beating, they don't look like white supremacists. What the hell are you talking about? There are people, you know, cyber hackers who shut down our pipelines. They don't, I don't believe they're white supremacists. There's lots of threats. This clown who was now attorney general, who was almost the Supreme Court justice, thanks to, uh, thank you, Mitch McConnell. This clown is literally reading from a, a political uh, agenda, reading political talking points, saying it's those white supremacists. And you're left wondering, who are they? Where are they? What are you talking about? God, it's just maddening. Hopefully nobody's buying it. Nobody really believes that up beyond, you know, Joy Reid. No sane person thinks that a group of Nazis or Klansmen or whatever are out there ready to you know, attack. It's just made up. They don't have Trump. They need a, a boogeyman. They've decided it's uh, whatever, Klansmen, whoever they are. But I'd love to follow up and say, can you name three? Merrick, excuse me, sir. Can you name three? I mean, they're the worst threat we're facing in the country of 330 million. You might be able to give us three names of white supremacists that you're worried about. Anyway, anyway, we shall move on. A couple of things. Um, Biden is uh, building the wall. It's good to see. I mean, walls don't work. Walls are racist, but uh, Joe Biden's doing it anyway. Must be, you know, to keep those white supremacists out. Uh, there was a, uh, this is a story in Ohio. It hasn't been, hasn't been a big deal yet. It's going to be, cause I have a feeling it's going to catch on. They have a rhino governor, much like Massachusetts, Mike DeWine, who's encouraging vaccinations <clears throat> and, you know, all governors and mayors and all the, you know, all the political class is crazy about vaccinations. They're not going to rest until every, you know, child, every, every dog and cat gets vaccinated. Um, there are people who just really don't feel comfortable getting the vaccination and you shouldn't care if you get it. Why do you care? I don't know, but governments, governors have decided it's their, you know, it's the most important thing to make sure everybody gets vaccinated. So they came up with a plan in Ohio and it's total madness. In my opinion, they are having a lottery. If you get vaccinated, you get in the lottery. I believe the prize uh, is a million bucks, <laughs> a million bucks. And if you're 17 and under people who really shouldn't get vaccinated, but for some reason the government is insisting children get vaccinated, you go in a lottery and the winner gets a scholarship to Ohio State or some Ohio State University. 
That is going to catch on. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling that that is insane. You're a child. You're 16, well, 17. Well, this is extreme, but aren't other like other states are offering incentives, aren't they? Yeah, like, let me you know, like, drinks and shit like, like that. a beer. You get one beer if you get it, or a gift certificate to whatever. I don't know some yeah. hardware store for, you know, fifty bucks. That's one thing, but a full scholarship. And I realize it's not everybody. It's a lottery. So you get people who are reluctant to get vaccinated for whatever reason. They already had the virus. They don't need it. They get the antibodies or they're 10 years old and they're reluctant and they say, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to do it. But they got a lottery. I get to win a million dollars. That is, I've, I mean, it's insane, but I have a feeling it's going to catch on. I have a feeling other states are going to say, you know, they're racing. And the taxpayers are covering that million dollars? Uh, sure uh, they covering everything yeah, yeah i mean sure yeah it's a way to you know get people that's true usually a lottery at least you bought a ticket to win <laughs> like yeah. Uh, yeah so if you were reluctant what if you just got vaccinated is it too late to get in the lottery because i mean i you know you might want to hold out for a better offer you know maybe next maybe the next lottery will be two million <laughs> maybe next time it'll be uh you know you get to go to uh, a private college if you are under 17 you get vaccinated but there's a very strange dynamic in society right now where people are crazy over other people not getting vaccinated like right away. They, they, I don't really understand it. I've talked about it many times, but what do you care? I mean, it just seems odd that not only do you want everyone to get vaccinated, you will do anything you can. I mean, there are people on MSNBC every night saying they should arrest people who don't get vaccinate arrest them force them hold them down and jab them uh and i don't really understand especially if you're not vulnerable if you're 20 if you're 15 if you're 10 why you would get vaccinated but we'll see what other states come up with they'll have you know try to top each other you know we'll have 5 million 10 million we'll give you a house a car it's going to get crazy because they are competing. You see, Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, who has been an absolute disaster for the state for over a year now. He's destroyed tens of thousands of businesses, put over a million people out of work. He's been an absolute disaster. He brags every day. And, of course, you know, the Globe uh, 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 touts his performance in getting people vaccinated. Like, look at us. We're third in the nation and adults percentage of vaccinated. And you're going, yeah, but you ruined, you know, 10,000 small businesses. You ruined, you know, whole neighborhoods are wiped out because all the restaurants are gone and all the small businesses are wiped out and people are bankrupt. Yeah, but we got 2 million people vaccinated. Well, so what? I mean, there are other things that matter here. And, and, and for some reason, the last 14 months, people like Baker, hacks like like you know, these politicians like DeWine and, and people like Walensky and Fauci, they think all that matters is you know the, how many people are are vaccinated or how many people have had the disease and gotten through it. They never even consider the, the carnage that it's caused in, you know, among kids. And they never talk about businesses that have gone on, that the kids who've committed suicide or turned to drugs or domestic violence, all these absolutely frightening, you know, ancillary, ancillary factors are irrelevant to them. It's like, who cares? We're getting people vaccinated. Yeah, but, you know, the, the suicide rate is like tripled and violent crime is well. Yeah, but people are getting vaccinated. It's like all that matters to these hacks. And the governors are the worst. These DeWine, these... These bakers, these liberal hacks are the worst. They don't care at all 
the effect it has on children or the effect it has on, on business. It's just not relevant to them. But anyway, all right, a uh, couple of things before we go here, Colin. And congratulations to my girl, Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres. All right, yes, your uh, friend. 19 years of doing her show. I can honestly say I've never seen it. I've seen clips. I saw, you know, Tom Cruise jump on the couch and everything. I that, was, know, back, that was not Ellen. Tom Cruise jumping on that couch was not Ellen. That was not Ellen? No, that was Oprah. Oh, well, Ellen Oprah. I haven't seen yeah. either of them. So yeah, Your story checks out. You've never seen Ellen. What's the uh, most famous Ellen episode? Is anything really crazy happen on her show? Um, not really. She's like consistent. She's always been consistent, by the way, which is why it's such a lie that she is. Uh, she's kind of going out on her own in her 19th season. Her ratings are down because she's been proven to be an asshole because she gets every celebrity in the book. Uh, true. Um, and, and, they continue, the night guys. and you know what they do? They lie uh, for her. They pretend yep. she's a nice person. Everyone knew. And I feel like we were ahead of the curve. This was years oh, ago. Listen to this. Can I play this audio from uh, this is back at this is DNC. This is two. I think it's 2000. 14 does that sound right october 2014 yeah, yeah seven years uh six and a half seven years ago and, yeah when yeah we were- you know a little bit more of the background but i think this is coming off uh is it the mother or a friend of a story that was supposed to visit was going to visit yes I, I can do the quick background sam yeah. thomas sam thomas a uh a great kids jimmy fun patient from new hampshire he was stuck obviously in in the, in the clinic and in the infusion room for too long many many days many, many hours. And what he did was watch TV and watch Ellen. He got hooked, became a huge fan. And when, you know, someone asked him, you know, for a, for a wish, make a wish, he said he would love to go meet Ellen. And uh, uh, I think that people in his town raised the money, uh, yeah. got him and his father on a flight to LA, you know, hooked them up, you know, hotel and everything, got him to the show, got him tickets, Went to the show, had a good time, just wanted to meet Ellen. I mean, literally for 30 seconds, she walked within 10 feet, would not stop and shake his hand. She has an assistant who's just the worst, this, this rotten guy who, who does her, you know, protects her. She's her, he's like her, her guard or her bouncer. And he just said, she, she can't meet with every kid with cancer. I mean, she literally walked by the kid. This is when we started talking about it. And the kid didn't complain. Sam was a good kid. His father said, we had a good time. You know, she was busy. No, the, if that was her mother, I was listening to the clip this morning. She was turning it into a positive. At the end of the day, he didn't get to meet her, but he had a great time. He came back energized. It did, kind of did what they wanted it to accomplish. So we he was an we started talking about it and immediately people started calling and sending and emailing saying, yeah, I met her. She's the worst. There's a rule on her show that she can't make eye contact that she's famous for just throwing tantrums. And, and eventually this all came out. These stories came out with her throwing tantrums and firing people that looked at her funny, or I think it was a guy who took a day off for something for a, you know, he had a baby or something. She fired him. She's just a monster. She's the biggest phony. Everything you see on TV is not real off the air. She's an evil person, a hateful person. We talked about it. People are like, really? Wow. Listen and to your I, anger. Listen to your anger from 2000. What, I wish this was podcasting. You would have gone off, but listen to this. Oh, it does. And that, you know? that was against doctor's uh, right. advice, too. He flew out to LA and I took a whatever, a drive up to Burbank and sat in on the show. And this phony careful <laughs> lady, yes. this phony, fraudulent piece of <laughs> woman. 
mm-hmm. said, nah, don't have time. Don't, eh, I'm busy. I'm, I'm Ellen. I'm too important. I'm too famous for you, Sam Thomas. If she, you know what? Get out of here. That's it. You, I mean, you oh, want to hear, yeah. can you just play a little more? I want to hear Dino from yeah. the grave. Let's listen to Dino. I have no idea. You know what I'd love to know? If, if we put all the details of this Sam Thomas story in front of Ellen right uh-huh. now and made her aware of who this kid is, not one of these other, you know, little, little leeches that are trying to get your time. Uh, it's going to cut off. Sorry. Yeah. I just cooked that part. So, but I could, yeah. And we, and we talked and again, people were like, really, that's an unusual. And it just started the ball rolling and I'm taking credit. You had it uh, six years in advance. That story broke on Buzzfeed in 2020. This is 2014. 2020 and they said the same stories we did about yeah. her being you know you couldn't make eye contact and throwing things and throwing wasn't there a story about a dude who ran like 40 miles a day just to get to the studio to see her or something or there was like some kind of big charity event and she wouldn't see him at the end of it I mean just, and, I mean every story was the same she is a horrible human being just a terrible terrible human being doesn't care about kids with cancer, doesn't care about children, uh, you know, the marginalized people. Everything you see is not real. She's the biggest phony. And I think, you know, she said she's, I don't know, burnt out or had, oh, she's oh. quitting. She's quitting because the truth caught up to her because people realize that when they see this laughing, giggling, dancing uh, person on stage, that's not real. That's an act. And people know off stage, off camera, She's a monster, and yeah. I think it, it, it no, she could no longer pull it off. Put it that way. Actually, one, yeah, of, I mean, um, one of her former producers, let me play this for you, it was on Australia. Uh, it was in Australia, but this was overnight. I think the viewers are disappointed in the phoniness that she's been projecting as this nice person. So I feel that they, the viewers feel duped in a way, that she's not this nice person. And they're not going to put up, the viewers are not going to put up with the backstage racism that goes on and the backstage bullying that goes on. So I think that that's probably, so she's probably the producer that leaked a lot of the stuff to the, to Buzzfeed, but she worked for her for years and look at how she talks about her. And this yep, is and that's what everyone does. She's just a horrible person. And, and you know, no one's buying her act anymore, except for Howard Stern. Howie, Howie Hamptons loves the way she dances. I think, that was the low point for Howie Hamptons. And uh, I don't think either of them will ever recover, but uh, good luck to Ellen. We'll, you know, we'll see what she does now in uh, retirement. You think she has enough money to make it through? with? I think she is the next one to sign that uh, glorious uh, Spotify and Netflix exclusive. Unfortunately, you're going to see the next headline. Oh Christ. All right. Before we wrap this up and let you go to your interview with uh, Barstool, um, you're going to dress like that? Don't you have to put something nice on? Is it a Zoom interview or are you in person? Well, don't you need to dress the part? Like I'm wearing Barstool merch. That's I mean, true. Uh, yeah. well, that's right. That's why. Yeah, you, yeah that's the key. Wear the Barstool there. merch. Yeah. And I'll show um, the tattoo I have, obviously. So, we, yeah. we talked about this briefly yesterday, but I feel like um, I have to uh, say more because um, uh, what happened a little over a week ago, we spoke to Kurt Schilling. We did an interview with Schilling. It was long. I think it was pretty good. He said some things that I've never heard him say before. I understand lots of people hate shilling and they always say, oh, well, what about Rhode Island? Or what about, uh, you know, some something he did said politically? What about what he said about, you know, Muslim extremists and Nazis? And I mean, there's always some, if you don't like shilling, there's always something these people fall back on the greatest hits. But you know what? I think he's honest and I think he's interesting. He's a little crazy. I agree with that, but he's a a good interview. In this interview, for the first time, he said he sat across the table from John Henry and Tom Werner, the owners of the Red Sox in 2008 when they were negotiating 
a new deal. And they said to him that if he didn't agree or if he didn't cooperate, they were going to out him as a junkie, as a, uh, as a addict. He is, he was addicted to painkillers for this at this point. I didn't even know about that, but he told us last week that for a, I don't know how long the period would be 2004 to 2000. And I don't know what, he was indeed addicted to painkillers. He, you know, he was, when he pitched, he was on Toradol and off the, off the mound. It was Percocets or whatever. And they were going to uh, reveal that to the public to hurt his image. If he didn't uh, play the play ball, I'd never heard that before. I thought it was pretty interesting and uh, pretty revealing. Now, People who hate Schilling and, you know, like the Red Sox say, yeah, but he didn't pitch. He got hurt. And yeah, but uh, whatever, he, he he likes Trump or whatever. They find other things to 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 focus on. But in this case, I would say that that is news. That's news that the player, a legendary Red Sox player, said the owner threatened to out him as a addict. They basically threatened to tell everybody that I was addicted to painkillers, I had lied and got a contract from them if I didn't take a renegotiated contract, which is why they asked for, when we settled, they asked for a five-year NDA. Now, he went on, and I'd never heard that before, and I thought that was pretty newsworthy, and it was. I'm in the Globe, and I, I know this for a fact, was ready to write a story, or I believe it was already written, a story on Sunday, last Sunday, about this. And I, I wouldn't be flattering because, you know, this, the Globe hates Schilling because Schilling, you know, likes Trump. So that's how it works at the Globe. But they were going to quote him and point out that he was an addict and the owners were going to expose that. Um, the story never ran. The story was spiked. The story, and I guess we should have seen that coming, the story was not flattering to John Henry. John Henry owns the Red Sox. John Henry also owns the Boston Globe. And John Henry essentially owns WEEI. John Henry controls everything. And people, you know, people who like Henry and hate Schilling and don't care say, so what? That's just one instance. And you have to ask yourself, how often does John Henry and his people control the news? That's just one of many reasons that the globe is a joke. You shouldn't have any respect for it. You shouldn't view it as a newspaper. They don't do news. They do an agenda. They do propaganda. They will not run a news story if it makes the owner of the Red Sox look bad. Ask yourself this. What if it makes, I don't know, the manager, the players, what if it makes the team, the organization look bad? How many times have they spiked stories, killed stories that were going to make the Red Sox look bad? I can tell you it happens on WEEI every day where if you're going to do something, say something that makes John Henry or the team look bad, there's uh, someone who will step right in and say, you know, ixnay that story. We can't do that. John Henry's our guy. I mean, the owner of uh, EEI idolizes John Henry, idolizes him. I mean, it doesn't matter that Henry's newspaper tried to destroy the station. He doesn't care. He's that deferential to John Henry. So you will get nothing like that. I'm sure they never mentioned the Schilling story, which again is a news story. It is news and it is sports. It is about the owner of the Red Sox and about a player, a, a, a very well-known uh, Red Sox World Series hero and their relationship. And you don't get a word of it because it makes Henry look bad. 
that's what happened. That's why you never read about it. It was done. I believe the story was done and ready to go. But somebody said, no, we can't have any so of that. that. So how did, like, I'm just wondering in my brain, if that story was actually done, which we think it was, does he go and he has to reach out to the Red Sox for comment. So just like we did, do we assume that they said no comment? He went back and wrote that in his story and then buried them for probably not commenting. And then the Boston Globe editors to protect John Henry? Or do we think yes. John Henry knew? Like, uh, why would no, it doesn't, like, Henry doesn't know. They just know yeah. that their job at that paper, I mean, it's not to cover the news. That job, job is to advance an agenda, yep. is to you know carry the water for certain people, Henry being number one on that well, list. As much as we want to shit on John Henry, and we're more than willing to do so, this is a Boston Globe burying that story versus you know the Red Sox trying to set any. Right. I mean, it's not a big they enough talk. story. If this were story was about Henry personally, like you know yep. whatever, committing crimes or financial. They would go to Henry or would go to Pizzuti. Pizzuti allegedly runs the newspaper. His 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 trophy wife runs the paper, allegedly. Now, they just know they can't run stories that make him look bad. That's the deal. It's like the Washington Post is not going to run stories that make Jeff Bezos look bad. It's a problem when you have these vanity projects, not real newspapers, not real businesses, just ways for these billionaires you know, to to uh, increase their power and advance their agenda. That's what it is. It's not really a paper. It's not really a news outlet. And this is just more evidence. You can't have a story in that paper that is uh, even a little uh, critical of John Henry or, you know, Red Sox ownership, which obviously Schilling was. I mean, at the same time, you could say, you know, Schilling sucks, Schilling's, uh, you know, a blowhard, Schilling, whatever happened, uh, you know, uh, Schilling uh, likes Trump and Schilling... Uh, you know, we, the, there's a million things you can say about Schilling, reasons people don't like him, but Schilling to me is, like, is Schilling, news. Yeah, Schilling to me is the, the only person who has real impact on Schilling's like reputation on all that other shit is actually Shaughnessy. I don't believe that the majority of people like who are baseball fans give a flying bleep about whatever T-shirt he was wearing. I don't think anybody's had the conversation about it, really. I think well, Schilling bombs because he's one of the last guys that people read for you know sports in this town and in the actual written yeah, and it's and Schilling and Shaughnessy will retire soon and he'll never be replaced. They will have nobody like that. Everyone who will work there and they're close is going to be under the control of you know Henry's people. There will be no one stepping out of line. Every single thing you read will be there for a reason. It is you know it is John Henry's little pet project and it's not there to break news. It's not there to make money. It's there to keep Henry, you know, to, to obviously advance Henry's agenda and to keep him happy and Shaughnessy will be gone and Henry will be glad they'll never replace him with somebody who will ever, ever criticize him or the team, by the way, the team will never face any criticism. That should scare everybody. I know it doesn't because they don't care, but that should scare everyone. Once this once respected newspaper is now just a little, you know, little little toy for a billionaire who has an agenda that's what it is that's why you never read about the the shilling story it ended up on the cutting room floor and it'll happen again i mean hell it's happened before it'll happen again that's what you're doing if you're if you're spending your money on that paper that's what you're getting you're not getting any news you're not getting any journalism but we've gone over that before i just thought i would update everybody on what happened to the uh to the shilling story in the Boston Globe. Not that it matters, not that anyone reads it, but uh, 
that's what you're dealing with. Um, but anyway, we will uh, leave it there. Thanks. We like, by the way, we like that showing. That was a good interview. Uh, I got a lot of reaction on the on the on Twitter and comments about it on YouTube. About uh, just it sounded like a more relaxed. He's obviously in in Tennessee now. He's in near Nashville. He just seemed calmer. He didn't seem as angry. You know what I mean? Like he just seemed. I know, and he's he's happy. He got yeah. out of New England. He's in Tennessee with his animals, and you know, again, you don't have to like him. Yeah. But you have to admit two things. He was a hell of a pitcher in, in the clutch. You know, he was, and you don't have two World Series without him, or you don't have one, the first one. Um, and uh, he's he'd be in the Hall of Fame if he did not, if he was not political, if he, if he were not outspoken. He'd have, he'd have cruised in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. He'll never get there, I don't think, at least, well, maybe he won't next year. Uh, and he's interesting. He says things. You know, he has opinions. He's... You know, you can hate him if you want, but he's not dull, which is which is the case, especially these days with so many athletes where they just don't want to say anything. They're afraid to say anything because they don't want to get attacked by the mob. Schilling is uh, fearless in that regard, which is why he's always a good interview. And uh, he was so good this time, the Globe made sure you didn't hear it, read it. You didn't find anything else about it, but uh, maybe next time. Anyway, anything else, Cullinane? No, we that gotta, was. We got to roll here. Yeah, we got to go. We got to roll. You got to. You got to get to your interview. Um, we got to get this up. I appreciate uh, Turtle Boy joining us. Check him out on TV Daily News. He's done some amazing work lately. Not necessarily, you know, in the political realm. That didn't work out so well. But he is blogging his ass off. Yeah, for, just so people know in the audience for his uh, for his next future political campaign, he's a family first guy. You see him disappear. He's going to take care of the kids on this show when he disappears. Just so you know, yeah, and, and, we don't call uh, it out because he just goes. So, yep, we just which is you know long enough. We have him on for a half hour. That's long enough. Yeah, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Now, Anyway, thanks, Turtle Boy, and thanks to uh, Jake Concrete and Alec Paving at DCU and all our advertisers. Thanks to everybody for watching on YouTube and for listening. We appreciate it. This is the Callahan Podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Seven years ago, college wrestler Damian Hurd disappeared from a party in Gunnison, Colorado. Everyone has been drinking or whatever the usual party scene. When, how, and why he left are questions I need your help to understand. Nobody's heard from him. No, it's just like he disappeared. From Cold Case Productions and Podcast One, Final Days on Earth, The Life and Death of Damian Hurd. I'm your host, Claire Sanima. Join me April 20th for the season premiere. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.